Hello and welcome to jasonnewland.com My name is Jason Newland This is Let Me Bore You to Sleep Please only listen when you can safely close your eyes And this podcast, let's have a see, let's have a little description. Um, I suppose. Oh. Realise I had so much snot up your nose. Excuse me, I just pretend I've edited that out. I think um, <sighs> how would you? Why, why would? How would you describe these podcasts? A bit, kind of taken on a life of their own, really. They started off, if you listen to the very first recording, and it's basically a hypnosis recording. And then, gradually, they become less and less focused. And at times, really, really weird. I need to, I want to do a few more really weird ones at some point. But, uh, you know, something experimental. But the, the idea was to, well, when I first started, it was about half an hour long. Not this record. Not this recording. I'm talking about the. Oh, I've been very itchy. Got an itchy uh, foot. Yeah, it's a bit chilly. A bit chilly in here today. Has been for the last couple of days, maybe three days. It's nice during the day. I think. I've not been out, but. It seems to be, well, quite overcast. I just heard a weird noise. It sounded like Andre drinking, but it's not Andre drinking because he's not here. Um, he's licking something so okay yeah Andre I think you're clean now I think you know I think it's fine you can stop now blimey so I don't know I think that the first trees the reason was to just talk and be boring 
And it sort of progressed into being a longer recording. And for the last couple of years, it's been at least an hour long for most recordings. Although last week, I did do one that was about less than an hour, just under an hour. But the reason for that, I didn't mention it on the recording, is because I could hear that there was about to be some noises, <laughs> some background noises. So I kind of, uh, I finished before it started. Sounds like a title of a song. I finished before I started. Uh, so I've got a couple of messages actually from Naomi, is one. The first message is Hi Jason, as per Let Me Bore You to Sleep, episode 422. I don't know when that was. Was that yesterday? Um, I would absolutely enjoy listening to 3,000 of your podcasts. Just waffle on for the next 10 years. Make up whatever you wish. I'd listen to it. I did reply, so thanks. Thanks, Naomi. I think you're probably in the minority there. I don't think... I can't imagine many people would want to still be listening in 10 years. Wow. Can you imagine... Uh, I just replied, I said, thanks, Naomi, we can have a 3,000th three, 3, celebration. I'll be 60 by then. And then I put, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and uh, Naomi's replied back saying, oh, perhaps I shouldn't reply to this one. Okay, I won't, I won't say what you said there. I've got to be careful, I got in trouble recently for reading out people's messages because sometimes they were personal and so I won't read it, just uh, to basically that she'd look forward to that, she'd stick it in her calendar and wow, imagine 10 years time I mean the way it's going the way it's going, I'll, I seem to be doing, I just get my calculator out, it's on my phone. Generally, I would say do 25 recordings a month, probably more, it probably is nearly 30, but let's say 25 times by 120, oh, that is 3,000. Yeah, so if I do 25 recordings a month, I'd probably do more. I'd say I'd probably do about 26 and a half. Andre, why have you got to do that right now? He's, um, yeah, again, it's date night. But why, why now? It's very cheeky though, because he said, why have you got to do it underneath my, because I've got an uh, abdominal exercise board. 
So it's, uh, it's like a body sculpture, ab- abdominal board. And I said, why have you got to do it just there underneath my abdominal board? And he said, well, it's got to get some use, isn't it? You're never going to use it. Like, he's so cheeky. Winds me up. Um, oh, I got a message from... I got a message from my friend, Elisa. Hi, Elisa. I'm the king of noises. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. It sounds more like uh, some kind of puppet. Not the nicest sound. Oh, I, I got a recording on Audible. I'm getting a little bit carried away with Audible at the moment. I can't help myself. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's fair. I think if to get, um, I don't want to say the word addiction, obviously, if it's a silly, it's not the wrong word, but getting uh, a habit of listening or habit of any, it's not the worst habit in the world, that's what I'm trying to say. Um, and I've got a couple of, no, I've got a new one today called Grinding It Grinding It Out by Ray Kroc and what it is that whoops whoops huh that's weird book details okay right um it's basically the summary is few interpreters in interpreters entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs can claim to have radically ray radically radically changed the way we live live and Ray Kroc is one of them. His revolutions in food dash service automation, franchising, shared national trainings and advertising have earned him a place beside the men and women who have founded not only businesses but entire empires. Now that was a long sentence. I hope Ray Kroc doesn't get annoyed with me. <laughs> Um, he's dead anyway, so. But even more interesting than Ray Kroc, the businessman, is Ray Kroc, the man. Not your typical self-made tycoon, Crocky. His name's Croc, but I call him Crocky. You know, I find him quite often. You like Crocky? They say, yeah, thanks, JJ. Um, we have a very open relationship. Anyway, Croc was 52 years old when he opened his first franchise. I watched the film. I'm, it's weird, isn't it? Consider I'm not, I'm not really into business, but I am into business. It's a weird one. I'm very into trying to just... I want to be successful, 
But I don't think success is about money. Not to me. I, I guess I suppose I'm my my psychologist. Uh, she's we were talking and said um, we kind of figured out maybe I'm a bit of a social um, a socialist. And I used to be a member of the Socialist Party when I was younger. When I was in my twenties. There's this woman. She knocked on my door. And I think she had a young woman with her. So she was probably in her thirties or forties. I was about twenty-one. And there was, she had a, she had someone there that was probably about 18, 19 or whatever. And she knocked on my door trying to sell me the socialist paper. No, no, no. Oh, now I know. Yeah, actually, no, I saw her in town in Stratford. And she had a like, little market stall or she might have just been handing out leaflets and stuff. And she... At that time, I didn't have any friends. And this is really early days of my comedy career. Well, not career, but period. So I didn't... I was, I was basically working, and I didn't really know anyone other than the people I was working with. So she said, oh, come out, come out to this thing, and I did. Uh, and it was... Uh, like a socialist meeting but there was people there I got to meet people and also got myself a girlfriend I forgot about that I forgot about her yeah so I, I got myself a girlfriend and we just clicked like really well we banged into each other and it was yeah I forgot all about that and she was a doc, not not the girl, the girl that I was dating, but the the lady, the old. She was. Uh, yeah, she was a surgeon. And I guess she, I'm sorry, I reckon she's probably in her forties. Not that that's really relevant to anything, but she liked me. It was sort of, sort of took me under her wing a little bit. And I appreciated it. I don't know why. I liked her. You know, she was friendly. She was nice. And I got to know a few people. We went to Hastings on a day trip. And this was even like late. So I used to, I was involved with it for quite a few years. Oh my goodness! I'm a socialist. I'm a communist. <laughs> I'm not. Um, yeah, I wasn't really that involved, but I did used to read the paper, and she'd come in my house and collect the money for it, and I'd get it delivered every week, and I did read it, and I've very always kind of been up for Equality, really, sort of in every aspect. But, you know, I think, you know, the whole men, women should all get paid the same for if they do the same job. And so should 
young people should get paid the same as someone that's older if they're doing the same job. If it's um, an hourly rate, that bloody ferret is annoying me. Can you hear it? Just, can you hear him in the background? Just crinkling in that bubble wrap. He got stuck in it yesterday. So he, he did his business, what he was doing. I guess, you know, they got in, it was the end of the night, end of the day, his girlfriend Slipper got into a taxi and drove off and, and he's, he's running away. <laughs> but he's got all this um, bubble wrap wrapped around him and he can't get rid of it. It's like wrapped around his neck and around his body and he's running around. <laughs> and I just said, come here. So he comes over to me. I picked him up and I took, took the plastic off him. I said, why don't you just come to your daddy? That's what I'm here for. If you get tangled up in something, just come to me. And he said, yeah, I know, but I was a bit embarrassed. I said, why? He said, I thought you might tell everyone, you know, in your recording. I don't like that. I don't, I don't like it when you talk about me. I said, Andre, of course I'm going to tell everyone. So, yeah, this, this, I do think that someone that's been doing a job longer should get paid more though. Just, uh, you know, experience and, because that's how it used to be. Remember that's how it used to be, people used to get promoted, didn't have to have an interview to get promoted, to get a job, you know, within the company, you'd get promoted. Now, I've not been in any company that does that. It's all been, you got, yeah, you can apply for the position as a team leader. Are you going to apply for it? Ridiculous. I did apply for a team leader job in one place. And I was, literally, I was just making the numbers up. It's the only reason why they asked me to apply. I got the job. I'm just saying this, this, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. But I, uh, Andre, can you just go go away? Please, just go away. Just for an hour. He's... Okay, it's a no, is it? Okay, fair enough. Did you hear that? He just shouted at me. Yeah, I don't know what the point... All right, see, I'm quite into socialism, but you know what? I'm also into... I think if somebody works really, really, really hard and has a business, then why shouldn't they get paid loads of money? Why shouldn't they earn it? If they've earned it and they've made jobs for other people, why shouldn't they? 
I know, it's kind of a... I'm a weird socialist, really, aren't I? I suppose I'm kind of like a Tony Blair version of a socialist. Yeah. Oh, please. Maybe. Yeah, I just... I kind of, I don't know, it's this, this part, of me. you know, some people will be like, oh, you know, about anyone that does well. I, f- I think it's cool when people do well. I think it's exciting. You know, when someone succeeds, whether it's in whatever it is, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's winning a race or losing weight or you know whatever that stupid ferret's making so much noise I might have to pause the recording in a minute and tell him off stick him on the naughty step unless he's right I'm going to say he might actually be stuck because that sometimes happens he gets stuck but you no, know, if he was stuck, he'd be telling me, he'd be shouting out, Oi, Daddy, help me. I'm not going to go into details, but it's not always his uh, fingernails that get stuck. <laughs> and when that happens, all I can do when it's not his fingernails is hold him and wait for nature to take its. Uh, you know, wait for everything to... Let's wait for the te- his temperature to go down, <laughs> as it were. And then in it, then the the fabric or the plastic or whatever that's kind of stuck is just naturally released. But he, he squeals and tries to get out. And I'm like, no, I'm holding on to you, mate. That's, that's the only thing I can do. It's just... We learn these things, don't we, when we have a, when we have children. You learn. I'm not saying that that happens with everyone's children, but you just learn trial and error, isn't it, I guess. He's, um... I know one thing, though, I realised about him is he doesn't like walking back. So he likes to walk forward, as far forward as he can, until he gets tired, and then he wants me to carry him home. He doesn't like to walk home. Or if he does walk home, he'll do it, so we walk all the way around the field, and we go home a different direction to the way we came. Doesn't like to go back the same direction. I don't know why that is, but he just doesn't like it. He refuses a lot of the time to even walk. If I try and walk backwards, back to where we came from. Even though it's a long walk. And it'll make out that he's too tired. But he'll happily walk twice the distance in a different direction. Which is what I did today. Or last night. Took him for a walk. And... He got to the point where he normally asks me to pick him up, but he didn't because 
we went a different direction. Went through a new part. That he has been there before, but it's a long time since he was last there. Probably over a year or two. And he was loving it. Because there was trees, he was jumping over little trees and it was all new, you know, mud and everything. And eventually I had to pick him up because he got tired. And I walked him, I walked him back most of the way back, but I was, wasn't that far away from home. And then as I'm walking back with him, he wants, he sticks his head out. He, he wants to walk back and we, we just ran a corner from where I live at that point and one of my neighbours shouts out you because um, she's from a 1970s television show you anyway I said right I waved said hello and she shouted out to me. She said, Oi, get over here now. I thought, Oh no. She's found out. And uh, she said, She found out it was me. And she said, Oh, can you? I couldn't understand what she was saying because she was too far away. And she said, Can my son see your. Your, um, what do they call it? Meerkat. And I said, Yeah, let me just go and get my meerkat though. I'll go to the zoo. She said, No, so he's a ferret, he's not a meerkat. If I had a meerkat, I'd be getting stopped everywhere I went. Meerkats are loved, aren't they? Because all the adverts on telly with meerkats on. Anyway, the, so I said, yeah, he can, and the little kid uh, was sort of stroking Andre and stuff. It was a, bit, a little bit rough with him, so she was saying, oh, don't do that. And I, I, was, I was thinking, he, all I was thinking about was last night when he was scratching at the front door and I was trying to do recording. So I was thinking, yeah, be as rough as, rough as you like. <laughs> and... Uh, he kicked Andre and it wasn't like hard he's only a little kid so he, he couldn't have kicked hard anyway but he kicked him which was a bit not something that kids ever done to him before and he didn't Andre didn't even respond he walked over to me and to pick him up so I picked him up I put him inside my jacket I said, I better take him. As I was walking away, I saw him, I undid my jacket, see if he's okay. He'd let off the worst pong, which he does when he's angry. So he was angry at being kicked, but because it was a little kid, he'd never ever bite a kid. But if that had been an, an adult, um, I don't know it's well no one's ever kicked him before that's the first time I've trodden him a few times by accident but no one's ever just gone and kicked him um, 
which is not something that would happen, is it? Uh, yeah, so, but he was angry, proper, because he, as I said, you get to know, I got to know him, spent so long with him, he's got different smells he lets off. Sometimes he just lets smells off because that's how he is, but he doesn't let them off that often. But when he's angry, oh, that proper angry smell. So I think he was a bit upset. But he was so good though. He didn't bite the kid, didn't didn't bite his foot, bite at his shoes or didn't like, you know, attack him or anything. Not that you would, but just if you get kicked, you, you know, you can you can expect a little bit of a reaction from the animal. And Andre will never run away because he's not scared of anything. But he wasn't happy. <laughs> so I had to give him extra cuddles. At the same time thinking, <laughs> yeah, you're going to scratch at the door tonight, are you? <laughs> A little child kicked you. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't think that. It was weird, though, seeing the most important person in my life being kicked. Now, after the fifth or sixth kick, I started to think, oh, perhaps I should stop it. <laughs> yeah, it's just a one-off. I'm going to have to... I can't let him near the kid again, though, after that. quite strange I've never he isn't around that many people at all other than me but he has he's seen lots of kids over the years like in the park and neighbours kids and stuff and he's never he's never been kicked I don't think at least I hope not and Yeah, so it must have been very strange for him. He wasn't happy, but he was okay once we got back. We we talked about it, and I said, look. I said, look, Andre, are you okay? I noticed, you know, you go for a little bit of a pong, and you possibly ruined my jacket, but never mind that. Are you okay? And he looked at me, and he said, Dad, I told you before, I don't speak human, I'm a ferret. He's so cheeky. Oh, that's a weird noise. So let me see if I've got if I've got any messages, if I've got any messages at all from anyone. Uh, 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 uh. I want to say thank you to Jen for my soap. So I've got some Soap that was ordered from my Amazon wish list, my Amazon.co.uk wish list, which is on my website. So thank you. Uh, that is lovely. Uh, 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 has a new message. 
New message. Huh? Uh, okay, so nothing there. No, okay, I can't see anything. Oh. oh well. So yeah, I don't think there's any other messages at all. Unless I've missed some. So if you do want to leave a message, alright, okay. Uh <laughs> there is one message I'm just saying, but I can't read it out. Um okay. So that's just a personal personal message. Um, yeah, so yesterday it was a bit of a weird, not a weird day, but I did some, I managed to do, I did three recordings, well four recordings, I said let me bore you to sleep, relaxation, hypnosis for stress, anxiety and panic attacks, and also did a deep sleep whisper hypnosis recording as well. So let's have a look. The ones I did. So yesterday I did number 423, bore you to sleep. Number 237, deep sleep whisper. I also did number 149 relaxation hypnosis for stress the title is called relax forward slash sleep neurons dash lighting up how about that it's a nice little title or really rubbish title which oh you look at it and i did two versions one with and one without music and it's based on neuroscience that that recording, I'm getting uh, getting very interested. I have been for a long time, but more and more interested in neuroscience and uh, brain plasticity and uh, basically what a lot of the the specialists know, but don't necessarily understand why or how a hundred percent. But they know that the brain can heal itself and someone that has an injury a brain injury or whatever uh, part of their brain perhaps doesn't is injured but another part of the brain can take over and build new neurological connections so that the person can walk again or, or use their right arm or whatever it may be speech stuff like that so it's you know it's really fascinating and the idea that this recording was based on is that tests have been done and uh, the scientists have found out that when somebody is feeling for example someone's feeling positive or someone's feeling negative it's a neurological pathways lit up actually lights up and they can see that with probes and stuff so 
they know it's happening inside the brain. Can't both happen at the same time. So you can't be, you can't feel positive and negative at the same time. You can't feel relaxed and stressed at the same time. Two different, completely different pathways. So when you focus on one pathway, it lights up. And the other pathway doesn't. And the more you focus on that pathway and go down that pathway, the bigger the pathway gets. The easier it is to travel in it. And the less you use the other pathway, the more overgrown it gets. The less easier it is to use. And it doesn't flow, you can't flow through it as easily. And it gets overgrown and clogged and blocked up and stuff. So... A way to get in touch with it, let's say, for example, feeling sleepy. Get in touch with that sense of feeling sleepy. Or if it's positivity, get in touch with that, that feeling of positivity. Think of something that you're feeling positive about or you have felt positive about. And then focus in your mind with your eyes closed on that pathway. That, that lights up and just notice where it is and even though it's in your imagination it's still triggering that part of your brain because you're feeling it and you could only feel it if that part of your brain is actually being activated if that neural pathway wasn't being lit up then you wouldn't have even the slightest feeling of positivity so when you focus on the positivity, it lights up that neural pathway, which is the positivity. And then you focus on that, that light, that lit up pathway, and the feelings of positivity grow and grow and grow, become stronger. And the more you focus on that, the more you go back and focus on that, the negative pathway it's used less and less and starts to get overgrown and less easy to access. Yet the positive pathway becomes bigger, wider. It's almost like you, you, you're making a, a motorway out of it. It's, you can fit a lot of positivity through. And it becomes like it's a continuous continues to happen automatically because that's what you've programmed your brain to do so yeah I find that really interesting and so I'm going to be doing more of that in the context of hypnosis because if you think about it hypnosis that's been happening for well, thousands of years, but it's been called hypnosis for the last couple of hundred years, I think. And there's basically there's been the theory that it's you know it's imagination, yeah, it's imagination, using your imagination to connect, but the idea that it's somehow a different thing you know it's outside of you and it's not and 
almost like it's something separate from your brain. And it's not. The brain produces the mind. The mind affects the brain. So the mind affects the brain, the brain affects the mind, just like having a relaxed body gives you a relaxed mind. Relaxed mind increases the relaxation in your body, and so on and so forth. You know, it's that perpetual motion, I guess. But I think it's really fascinating that it's about the brain. The brain produces the emotions. The brain produces the chemicals. I did this experiment. Uh, two experiments I did. And, and it was... It did involve a mouse, so, you know. But they... It's all humane and not hurting anyone. It's, but they're, they're experimenting on the... You know, by changing the brain patterns and lighten up a certain part of the brain so that the mouse goes from being they activate the brain part where the mouse is very nervous and hiding to where the, where the, the mouse is completely open and uh, running around and searching for food and you know and they could turn it on and off they did another experiment where they could change the pattern from a mouse being hungry and eating because it's hungry or eating for pleasure when it only ate for hungry when it's hungry it just looked around for food when it had that, when it was in the brain, when it's the the neural network lit up the part which was responsible for the behaviour of eating for pleasure or eating from you know from an emotional perspective, the mouse was actually eating nothing. It was just doing the whole process with the fingers and eating the whole. It literally couldn't stop itself from doing it, even though there was no food there. So that's that's an interesting thing. So that uh, overeating, and I know a lot of people have that as an issue, and it's a different part of the brain being stimulated to the normal appetite. And it's about correcting it so that the appetite, the normal part of the brain which stimulates just normal appetite instead of the eating for comfort. And literally they kept changing it, switching it over between one and the other, which part was activated and the behavior changed instantly.
it says the same for us. And they proved that as well because they can do. They've done. They've done tests on people with um, brains. With people with brains, but they've done tests on people that have had brain operations and been awake, and they're sort of tested to see which one stimulated the sense of smell and memories and stuff like that. So this this is all, you know, this is all a progression from that. It's been going for, on for many years. And now they can electronically stimulate with those caps. He's making more noise than normal. And they can put those caps on, like a skull cap, and stimulate the part, different parts of the brain to sort of, you know, activate memories and things like that and there's even someone went along that had a stroke and that had a brain or they'd had a brain injury and they'd done a brain scan and they could see the holes in the brain from the brain injury and they started using this electric like electric triggering thing which sent little electric shocks into the brain but not painful and they did it from just like by putting this thing on their head, like a little clicky thing, like click, 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 like that. And after doing that a few times and a few sessions, they did another brain scan, and the part of the brain had healed. The part that they focused on, the holes had filled up, had healed. How amazing is that? It's uh, it's one of those weird things that the brain is the only part of the person that isn't examined when someone's ill. It's the only part that isn't examined. People just get given medication or talking therapies don't actually look at the brain and that's where the problem is the brain it's amazing I find it fascinating so the possibilities is that in the future whatever issues have like arisen that's caused the brain to be how it is can be corrected or can be healed let's say healed corrected sounds like there's something wrong but healed so the brain can be healed and I like to think just like all of our bodies our bodies heal you know if you cut cut your finger by accident it will heal As, you, know, you know it will and it's going and the same happens and there's something I think there's something maybe I might be looking more into it but when you can see it by focusing on it we send fresh blood to that part of the body which then sends the healing 
in the blood, the healing's in the blood, isn't it? It goes to that part of the body and gets cleaned out and, you know, gets healed. But we can't see stuff that's going on inside us, can we? So maybe by visualising stuff that's going on inside us in the same way as we can see something that's on our skin or outside, like a broken bone or something like that, by focusing on something that's inside and visualising it, we can then send that healing to that part of the body. Because our bodies do heal. It's not some kind of esoteric, um, religious-y, supernatural, superstitious thing. This is just a real thing. Our bodies heal. But we, you know, we heal ourselves all the time. Heal, I said heal. So there's no belief system needed for this. This is just a fact. I like facts. The thing I like about facts is there can't be any arguments with a fact. Plus, I never argue with anyone anyway. But I like facts, not opinions. So when I talk about something, not not all the time, obviously, because I do talk a lot of rubbish, but when it comes to, you know, doing a recording based upon the latest scientific research. I think that's quite cool. I'm not sure if you get that very many places. How many people would integrate something that's quite old like hypnosis, mixing it with the very latest technology, the very latest research into how the brain works. I like that. That interests me because what they're discovering and what hypnotists will discover is what they've been doing all along has been correct. But it hasn't just been about belief. It's been almost factual. You focus on a part of the body And the blood goes to that part of the body. The blood has got healing in it. It's got healing. I don't know all the biological aspects of it. I could study it, but I can't be bothered. But we all know that that's true. I should look into it, really, what the actual healing process that's involved. But, you know, Jason is... It's actually Greek for healer. Or healing hands. I, f- I found this out when I was in my early 20s. And I, th- I remember s- saying, yeah, but I don't think that's going to hold up in court. But, man, but, but I have healing hands, Your Honour. It's uh, I always like the idea of being a healer. Tell you the one bit of healing I did. Because I, I did learn Reiki. Or Reiki. 
Reiki, Reiki, and I had a friend that I was living with. Well, he lived in the building that I lived in. There was one, two, three, four, five, six, six rooms, and he'd basically he drunk himself into a stupor. Like really, he was really his liver gave up and he had jaundice and stuff anyway I went to visit him and he was on loads of stuff in hospital and he really looked ill he's the illest person I've ever seen and I remember I sat there and I held his hand and I imagined that I was sending a healing. I've never told anyone this actually. But you know, anyway, this is what I did. I imagined that I was sending healing into him. And it was going into his liver. And that it was you know spreading through his blood, the healing energy, and I was kept saying to him, You're gonna be fine, and I was whispering to him. I suppose it was probably like a hypnosis y kind of thing. He was unconscious. I'm not. He wasn't in a coma, but he was basically out of it. And and I just I sat there for about half an hour to an hour, and then I left. I didn't expect to see him again. I thought he was going to die. I really did. Two days later. I'm going to go and visit him in the hospital again because, you know, I couldn't see him the next day because I was working or I was busy spending the money that I stole out of his wallet. No, I didn't. <laughs> and um, I, go, I go ready to go out and I thought I'd better go to the hospital and just see how he's doing. He's only standing there. He's like downstairs and he's like chatting and laughing, looking so healthy, like nothing happened. How do you recover that quick from something that was, and it's really, yeah, he still glowed a bit, he's still a little bit glowy, but he was laughing and he didn't even know I'd visited him. He was asking about, you know, if anyone's seen any money lying around because he's he's lost fifty quid out of his wallet. But and he, it was just weird. And I'm not saying it, just it's the only time I've ever really done anything like that. I've done hypnosis many times, but I've never done anything where I was really focusing on healing but it's sort of to, to get his body to heal himself but in a way I was almost feeling like I was channeling or trying to take out the bad the bad stuff or the unhealthy stuff the poison or whatever it was in his system and to sort of take that out of him of his body The uh, 
nurse caught me and said, what are you doing? So I had to sort of make excuses. So I was just kissing him. Just, <laughs> just kissing him goodbye. No, I wasn't. Why do I say these silly things? Anyway, yeah, that was weird. A weird uh, situation. I don't know how he is now. I haven't seen him since 2005, I suppose. 2006. No, I might have seen him in 2006. Maybe even 2007. Because I used to visit... I used, I still used to go back and visit, um, even when I moved out, because I was uh, one of the blokes there. I was really good friends with, and also another one I was good I was friends with as well. And I used to just I don't know why I just sort of kept in touch. Yeah, I don't know why I was thinking of that. I don't know what. What got me thinking of that stuff? Maybe it was the socialist newspaper that I used to read. <laughs> I doubt it. I really don't know. How did I get onto that? But yeah, it's, it's a weird house. What was weird, I'll tell you the weirdest situation about it was I decided not to drink for a whole year. And I didn't. So from New Year's Eve 2004, well, New Year's Eve 2003, so New Year's Day 2004, all the way to New Year's Eve 2004. No, New Year's New Year's Day two thousand and four, New Year's Eve two thousand three to New Year's Eve two thousand and four. Although I didn't drink alcohol on New Year's Eve two thousand and four, but you know that my uh, I don't know, sobriety came to an end on that night, and. So I moved into this place and everyone was drinking like heavy apart from one person who had a a a den that was closed down. Everyone else was basically extreme drinkers. One, two, three, four. And it was me. So I got on with I got on with all of them. There's one I didn't really know very well. And but he just kind of kept himself to himself. But the one next to me I got on really well with, and the one just below me. And then the one at the bottom, that's the one who's in hospital. And then the bloke next to him who had the den that was closed down by the police. I got on well with him as well. It was really weird that suddenly I ended up in this house that was the complete opposite to what I needed for having a sober year. Very strange. And I didn't touch alcohol at all. 
and I was around. I wasn't. I was around it, but I didn't spend my, didn't spend time. Yeah, I didn't spend a lot of time around it, but I knew people there was just always drunk. Oh wow! It's very very weird. That's it, Andre. Now that I've nearly finished the recording, you can finish your. Uh, Yeah, whatever it was you were doing. You know what I was doing? Yeah, I do. I was having a nice drink. It's built up, built up a bit of a thirst. Hmm. What's kind of strange is, so I went from living in the YMCA which was was a very, shall we say, eclectic group of people from refugees, homeless people, um, people that were very troubled, and me, and probably some other people. There's a lot of quite young people that they were getting help. Basically, YMCA is there to help people. I just managed to get a like a flat lit studio apartment, and they helped me as well actually at one point. But I moved out of there to end up in a house of you could say kind of disrepute, but not you know a house of. Uh, excesses and then I went from that to live in a Buddhist community and then I started drinking again (laughs) how weird is that it's sort of you know I could easily not drink when I was around alcoholics but around Buddhists teetotal Buddhists I needed to drink I didn't need to, but I did. How weird. My life has been very strange, so it has. Andre's now climbing through his plastic tunnel, which is lovely. Thanks, Andre. How wonderful. You are a pleasure. Oh, yes. Thing is, I've been eating these meals. These, um, like frozen meals and stuff, and I'm fed up with them. I don't know what it is, it just doesn't. I can't be bothered to cook anything. But I do need to eat, but I much prefer. Andre. I knocked over his bowl earlier that had his dry food in so I just left it on the floor because that's what he does anyway 
he picks them out, he drops it on the floor, and then he breaks them up on the floor. So I thought I'd just leave them on the floor for him. And I just saw him there, he was, he was knocking the bowl. Think, what? They're all there in front of you. Do sometimes think you'd like to eat more. Maybe I should give him two packets of food a day, but he's always got dry food. We can always eat that, it's always available to him. It's good for his teeth, it's good for his you know, it's got vitamins and stuff in there that he needs. Um lovely Andre, thanks. Another bit of carpet ruined. But then he has the wet food with gravy, the whiskers, and he probably would be happy to have two packs a day. But I don't see the point because he's a nice weight, he's thin, he's fit, and he's not hassling me for food. If he wanted the wet food, he just what he would do is keep we just done it wow but he would he would knock the plate and he'd keep looking at me and he'd knock the empty plate and he'd keep looking back at me it sort of to let me know that he wanted some more food but he's not doing that he's he's happy enough just to have the dry food It's now about nine minutes to one in the morning. Now he's had his little bit of exercise. He'll have a little munch. He'll go back and have another drink of water, maybe a couple of times in between eating the dry food. And he'll probably retire for a few hours. I won't see him probably till about four, maybe five. See, if he got massive, then I would feed him. If he grew, you know, like goldfish, they grow to their surroundings. Or, you know, if I if I thought he would become as big as a dog, I would feed him. I'd, I'd feed him every hour. If I could get him as big as a dog, it'd be brilliant. It just would be, it'd be difficult to, to handle, to be fair. Because he's so strong now. If he was the size of a dog, his his jaw would be way stronger than any other dog on the planet. Because their jaws are just a lot stronger than dogs in comparison. You know, obviously size-wise, he hasn't got the size. But if he was the size of a pit bull or an Alsatian, wow. And Alsatian wouldn't uh, wouldn't want to dance with him. Mind you, I wouldn't be able to cuddle him, would I? Because he'd be he'd be too big. 
God, imagine if he, he wanted to play fight. That'd just be impossible. Wow. Mind you, because I've had, I've had him since a little baby, he won't know how big he is. So I'll be able to tell him off. And if he had to, oh, wait a minute, he doesn't listen to me now, does he? and find out whether or not they've done that bus pass letter. My doctor's surgery's really gone downhill. I don't like answering the phone, that's for sure. Then why don't you apply and uh, send a letter? Uh, you contact us online. No. I'm phoning... Did you just hear that in the background? That's it, don't forget to wipe yourself on the carpet. And we've gone to sleep. It's basically, I've got the door and it's got a chain on it on the inside to hold it back against the wall. That way he can't get his tail caught in between the door, you know, the, the door frame. I did it for here and in the bedroom as well because he got stuck once. Uh, so I've kind of done that. So now he can, it's just big enough for him to get in and out. So he sleeps on a jumper behind the door. It's his little space. And it's just wide enough for him to get in and out easily. It's literally as wide as he is. But now he's sleeping inside the tracksuit bottoms that are outside of the door. So he sort of moves in between each one. It might be a bit cold. Which I don't understand, considering he's got a fur coat on. I wouldn't have thought he'd feel the cold, but he does. But then his belly in this willy area kind of is, is quite... Um, there's not really much hair there, so maybe he feels it there. So I suppose I could make him a little pair of underpants or something, a little vest, <laughs> some thermals, long johns. They have to be short johns, wouldn't they, for him, because he's only got little legs. Oh. Little tracksuit. Yeah, I could get him a little tracksuit. That would be cool. That would be funny. He doesn't like being dressed up. He doesn't. I've done it before. Did not like it. I've got this... Uh, I had two costumes. One was... No, three. I've had three costumes for him in the past. One was like a fairy. I think it was fairy wings. One was Santa outfit and another one was like a green uh, what's the little gremlins the Irish gremlins um, they they attack people with four leaf clovers or something anyway he he had the Santa hat on 
and it was it was winter, it was snowing. And I'm just laughing at him. It's, it's tickling me because he's got this coat on, you know, with a furry, basically it's a little Santa suit and a hat on. Just his public humiliation was just, it was a treat. It was a real treat for me. And I looked down at him and he's basically, he'd been digging and he had none of the stuff on. He buried it. He buried the hat and the top. He got out of the top and he got rid of the hat. <laughs> he buried it. I didn't know where it was. I looked back and there was nowhere to be seen. I knew th- he always used to like dig in the snow and stuff because he was quite little. He'd end up in the snow. But he made sure that it was gone. Uh, I think uh, probably about a month later, I found the hat, but it was inside a hole in in the ground. So I didn't go anywhere near it. I thought, ooh, such a shame. He looked lovely. He just looked... I used to have a video. Oh, I wish I keep some of my videos. I did a video on Christmas Day, the very first year that I had him. So it's five years ago. I don't know how many years ago. And it'd be, I guess it's Christmas ninety, Christmas 2015. And I'd, I'd wrapped up loads of presents loads of stuff for him and just just loads of like general things uh, cans of coke and Maltesers and books and just just some just so I had something to open and I had presents for him as well and I videoed it I taped it stuck it on YouTube and Facebook and that and it, he was still little then because I got him in September So he was only five months old at Christmas. And he's he's little now, but he was very little. And it was funny just seeing him, like, scratching at the wrapping paper and stuff. And I think I dressed as... uh, I had a Santa hat on as well. But, yeah. I might have it on my hard drive somewhere. Because... I did store quite a few of my Jason Chat videos. I've got about 30 or 40, maybe more of them, somewhere. Yeah, I'd like to do a little collection, sort of go through, just select through the videos where Andre's on there and just show those clips. So not the clips of me talking or anything, just the clips of Andre playing around and, you know, doing stuff like that. I had, yeah, I had videos of him attacking a banana and everything when he was, this is when he was tiny, when I first got him, when he was a baby. I had a settee and he ruined the settee. But I was constantly buying stuff for him to play with. And he, he just tried to 
ruin everything. Honestly, he did. He was so full of energy. It was brilliant. It's a lot of fun. He's not like that anymore. He's much more chilled out. But he's he was just non-stop. Less like a like a kitten, really. Yeah, kittens are so much fun, aren't they, when they're little? Um, the energy level is like wow. It's like puppies as well, just non-stop energy. And then, although some dogs keep it up, don't they? Even as they get older, still got a lot of energy and stuff. But Andre's a lot more chilled. It might be due, well, no, it's probably not, but we rub off on each other, I suppose, a bit. Sounds a bit weird, doesn't it? But, you know, sort of, he, oh, he's taking the food out of the bowl, not off the floor. He, um, maybe because he's calm and I'm fairly calm and, Maybe we kind of, I don't know, affect each other in a calm way. Mind you, I'm, I'd say I'm probably calmer than him, apart from when I'm not. Uh, anyway, so I'm going to go. Uh, I'm sure I had more than one message to read. I might have done but I have to have a look. So I'm going to go. So thank you for listening. I can't believe I've managed to talk for 78 minutes about nothing. Again, absolutely nothing. For 78 minutes of nothingness. Wow, imagine if I actually had something to talk about. Wow. You know, I'll be looking online. Uh, I still, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, someone said online, if you, you should sort of put down what you are, what you do, you know, on your website and on your Facebook page. And they said, not to me, but just, they were just sort of saying generally, a lot of people don't put down that they're podcasters. And if you've been doing podcasting, if you do that, you should let people know. And I'm I'm one of the original podcasters. I know I say that about a lot of things, but it's true. I I had my first podcast in two thousand and seven. I think 2007 was my first podcast. So, yeah, 13 years ago. Now, podcasting, it gained some interest for a little while, but it never became popular. It's much more popular now over the last few years. But, you know, I've, I've been doing it a long, long, long time, many, many years. And it's really only the last few years that it's become, I suppose, quite, yeah, sort of the audience seems to have grown 
And so they've just groaned. Now they've groaned. They've, they've groaned. I mean, my SoundCloud podcast that I had in the past. Um, was before I deleted it. I think I had about two, 250,000 plays or downloads over a two-year period, I think. And then I decided to focus on Spreaker, which I, I don't regret a Spreaker, but I do... I, re- I wish I hadn't got rid of this, the, the SoundCloud because I had a, a fair following there and I was getting... I don't know how many downloads I was getting a day. I suppose over a hundred thousand a year. Hundred and yeah, so I was getting probably ten, fifteen thousand a month. I know it's it's not a lot compared to what I get now, but it's still it's you know, I do have a... I've started another SoundCloud podcast and it's still in the free version, so I'm not sure if I'm going to pay for the monthly. If I, I can't do it until Wednesday anyway, if I do do it. But I might just build it up and then just let it just... Just add every new recording and just not do anything. Just leave it there. And if it gains listeners and stuff because a lot of people still use SoundCloud so I won't promote it or anything I'll just leave it on there and maybe people will listen and it's just an extra audience isn't it it's a different audience um, I've got a Podbean podcast pod, 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 pod. Podbean podcast and I kind of, I've had that for a few years, but I, I deleted, I didn't delete the podcast, I deleted the subscription. And now I've uh, resubscribed last week or a few days ago. And I'm in the process of doing some stuff on there. So I might just leave that up as well. So I might get the SoundCloud up, leave the podcast, the pod bean one up leave the speaker ones up and maybe open a few other podcast hosts just as just there you know for people to listen to different audiences you never know it might even if it's only a few thousand people a month come to each one that's all right still nice still people that might benefit might like what i do you never know, it might be possible. So, yeah. Now, that was boring, wasn't it? That last bit. I mean, no matter how boring the rest of the recording was, the last bit was the most recording. Most The last bit was the most recording bit. <laughs> it was the most boring part. I do believe. I really do believe. Yes, 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 yes. I want to eat something, but I don't want to eat anything. 
wonder what I could eat. Uh, anyway, I'm going to go. Thank you for listening. Remember to be kind to yourself. Because you deserve to be happy. Lots of love. Bye, bye.